Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Before we get into the episode, we would like to flag that we did record this remotely whilst Rose is still in Chicago, so the audio isn't of the best quality in some places, but we hope you can still enjoy it and get some good insight into Rose's experience at Chicago Marathon. Hello, and thanks for joining us for 5 Miles Easy, where we go behind the scenes on the highs, lows, and uphill battles on our running journeys and bring you conversations to inspire, motivate, and get you one step closer to your goals. So let's race up for 5 Miles Easy. If you want to up your running game with a runner coaching plan, you can get two weeks free with the code 5 Miles. That's the number five, the word miles on the runner coaching app thanks for joining us for five miles easy today i am on my own in the studio but we are joined by rose all the way across the other side of the atlantic in chicago hello (laughs) hello Um, so we are recording this the day after chicago marathon so i think Rose might be feeling a bit rough around the edges. She can tell Just us a little more. bit. <laughs> <laughs> I have had five hours sleep. Um, my head is a little sore. My body is sore. So, yeah, I can't say I'm feeling my freshest, but for good reason. For very good reason. So I think on behalf of everyone listening... I am going to be fangirling you today, as I was yesterday, because (laughs) Rose, for anyone that didn't know, is now fifth all-time fastest British female marathon runner. I mean, how does that feel? That's Uh, amazing. I actually still can't believe it. You know, like this morning, I woke up and I literally, so I woke up at like five and my first thought, you know, when you kind of, especially if you've only had five hours sleep and a little hungover, like I didn't remember it for the first like five seconds. And then I was just like, oh my God, yesterday happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, it's such a weird feeling. And yeah, I honestly can't, I just can't believe it's happened yet. 
it's so funny because I think with the marathon build-up, you know, there's so much build-up, right? You, there's so much hype and then so much kind of emotion that goes into it. And then suddenly it's done. Mm. Like, now it's over. Yeah, it's and, such a long build-up for one day. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of a weird feeling. Obviously, I'm on cloud nine and still buzzing from it. Um, but it's also just like, oh, it's I'm done now. I've run my marathon. Like, what's next? Um, so well, we will get weird, into like, what's next. <laughs> yeah. So yes. I'm kind of somewhere in between, like, buzzing, wanting to do it all again. Um, so glad it's over um, and gone well. And, yeah, just a whole, like, mix of emotions. Yeah, and I think a lot of the previous episodes, you've spoken about having so many pinch-me moments in the last few years because three and a half years ago, you would never have dreamed that this was going to be happening to you. So is this another pinch-me moment or actually are you starting to realise that now this is your reality, that you are one of the top marathon runners? Oh, my God, no. This is this is like a full-on slap-me-in-the-face moment. <laughs> So. I literally had to, I genuinely, when I got back and like had a shower and everything, I genuinely had to like splash water on my face and just like properly pinch myself in the most literal sense. So I was like, I need to check. I'm not actually dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So we're going to get into a bit more detail about the race and things that went on behind the scenes, but Overall, can you just talk us through the race and how you're feeling during it before? Um, and then, yeah, we'll get into some more details. Yeah, okay, right. Start Start at the start. So we, um, it's a pretty early start for Chicago Marathon. Starts at 7.30. And so we had to wake up at 4.20 a.m., which was, it, it felt very early, but, to be honest, it wasn't as bad as I thought because of the time zone. So I've been actually waking up like really early anyway. And so to be honest, it didn't feel that horrendous. Um, and then we're staying in the Elite Hotel, which is literally over the road from the start. But a few things that were... I've, done, I've only done London Marathon after the majors. So this is my second major marathon and one of the really big differences to London was the security here is like next level so we had to go down and meet in the lobby at like 5.30 a.m. Um, do all the security checks so like our bags get checked by sniffer dogs we get um, checked by I don't know what they call it the you know like the metal rod you have at airport to oh yeah check for check for whatever they're checking for guns um and then we all have to get on a bus even though the start's literally over the road <laughs> so it's <laughs> i know it's a bit crazy but for security we all have to get on this bus and we're literally driven round a little block to the elite tent um and another big difference to london of course is that the mass start at the same time so the atmosphere even I actually took a little video of when I was on the bus and there were just thousands and thousands of people out on the street and it's still dark at this time. Yeah. So it was just, you know, even even right from the start, like the hype was there, which is so different from London because the elite start 
It's quite lonely. A long time before the marathon, and it's really quiet at the start. Mm. So that was actually really fun. And then um, we go into the elite tent, and there's um, a little kind of football pitch area to warm up in. But again, the math can come into that. Um, so kind of running with everyone, which is actually quite nice. But we got there. Um, and to be honest, we didn't actually, by the time you'd done all the security and stuff, we didn't have that long before the start. So that was one thing that it didn't throw me, but I was a bit like, oh, I don't really have time to do my normal warm up. Mm. So I actually only did, I normally do like a two mile warm up, and I actually only had time to do like a 12 minute warm up. Um, and no drills yeah and then you get like corralled into the start area um so were you not told about that before you were kind of just not really there and then this is what you this is how much time you've got yeah and we yeah that was it really we were just we were told when we got to the tent okay you need to be out of the tent and go you know in your kit and shoes and going into the start area we had, it was like 20 minutes before the start of the race, mm. which is quite a long time to kind of stand in the pen at the start. Um, so that was one thing I was a bit like, oh, haven't quite warmed up. And it was a really cold. It was really cold at this point. It was about seven degrees. Um, and the sun hadn't come up, so it just felt pretty chilly. Why do they start um, at 7.30, do you know? Is it for, like, ideal temperature conditions, or is there another reason? I think so. Yeah. yeah, I think it's probably that, because there have been a couple of years when it's been hot. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yesterday was, was not hot. It was actually really good temperature for running. Um, but, yeah, I guess it's just because it, it is sometimes hot, and obviously if you've got... The elites don't suffer quite so bad because they're only going for a couple of hours. But the mass who are going, you know, yeah. some people going for five, six hours, you don't want to be out. And it's like really hot. Yeah, it's dangerous. Um, so, yeah, we were spent 20 minutes in the elite pen at the start. And you've got kind of the, all of the mass right behind you. And so, yeah, the atmosphere at the start is awesome. And they do the national anthem and then the wheelchair mm. races go off. And then there's a big countdown. And, yeah, and then you go. And it's. It was not, I wouldn't say it's chaotic at the start at all, but you've definitely got like a lot of people around you. And obviously there's a good chunk of the mass who go off at like world record pace. Yes. <laughs> catch you up pretty quickly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's very much kind of at the start, you have to just run your own pace and be very controlled yeah. going into it. And you kind of go under a tunnel at the start as well. So there's a lot, there's like a lot going on. So you just got to um, keep... Keep relaxed, keep in control, not like let the external factors influence. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. How were you feeling um, just before the start? Were you feeling, was the atmosphere there making you excited? Were you quite nervous? What are you about to go through or a bit of everything? I think by the time I get to the, I'm, I'm always like that. By the time I get to the start, I'm actually quite relaxed. Mm-hmm. I feel like my nervous day is like the day before. Yeah. And then I sit down and, you know, I go through like my mental strategies for the day. And and I will go into this a bit more later. But, um, yeah, kind of I go through all my like mental exercises. And by that, by that time, I've sort of got all the nerves and the anxiety out. And on the start line, I was honestly just focusing on, you know, 
how cool is it that I'm standing on the start line surrounded by like some of the world's best marathon runners um and I'm like there with them and like I'm at a world major um it's just such a cool experience so I was honestly just trying to kind of take it in and just thinking like go out and enjoy it so I felt pretty relaxed and just excited excited to be there and excited to kind of see what I could do um and I knew you know by that time like nothing more you can do you've just got to go and run your best yeah awesome so what was your race plan for the day I mean those that have looked into your splits will know that you did a pretty impressive negative split so was the plan to do that or how did it work with the pacer that you had what pace were you meant to go at? And yeah, just how did that unfold? And did your race plan change throughout the race? I actually, I pretty much executed it as planned, um, except I went a little bit quicker than I thought I would. Um, but Alison, my coach, gave me a, a very strict race plan <laughs> um, that we decided on the day before. And essentially, I always break the marathon up into chunks, but he came up with quite a good way of doing it in that we it's 13 miles, seven miles, and then three by two. Um, first 13 miles um, is basically just, you know, switch off, dial into the pace and stay consistent. And my big focus for that chunk, which kind of sounds like a big chunk, but actually the first half goes by so quickly and you mm-hmm. feel good. So... I didn't really feel like mentally I needed to break it up because it's quite like an easy, the first half is quite easy. Um, So I was just focusing on like the crowds and smiling at people, you know, interacting. I was like looking at all the signs that people hold up. Yeah. You know, you saw some quite funny ones. There was so much Taylor Swift going on and I thought you. Love (laughs) that. Yes. But I find it really helps just to like engage with the crowds. And I have to say... That was another big difference for London. The crowds were like from the start and all the way through. There were no quiet patches. Yeah, that's so such a difference. That really helped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think towards the towards the last stages, it kind of becomes quite difficult to. You're so like focused on your pace and keeping going that it's hard to kind of interact with crowds in the later stages. Mm-hmm. But in that first half, I tried to like really just soak up the energy. Um, so that was my plan till mile 13. And I had um, the way the paces work. So we had a pace group. Yeah. Um, ben Bruce, who paced me, wasn't my personal pacer, but he was set to do the, um, it was like the 72 to 72 point, yeah, 72 30 group. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of his halfway split. And in that group, there was, um, there was, uh, I think, four or five, four, four women running it, and then men from the masses or the kind of championship. Yeah. It's not championship, but fast start um, joined that group. So we had a really, really kind of good pack for the first half. And Ben was like a metronome. He was so good. Um, and then you can just, just switch off, right? Because you're not worried. You're trusting him and just yeah. you don't need to worry about the pace. Exactly. And he was calling out the splits every mile. Like he was just 
an incredible pacer. Um, and it did, as, as you say, like, I, I just didn't have to think about it. And um, in the race, I mean, my watch was, like, well off with the GPS. I had it on whilst it, it was just so far off because all the tall buildings. Yeah. And so actually just being able to trust Ben made such a big difference. Um, and just being able to kind of settle into that rhythm, which was so consistent, made the, honestly, the first half just flew by. I, I felt like I'd run like four miles and it was 13 already. So, so that was so. a good, good start. I actually think the only, the only thing, the only kind of caveat to that was I found the first couple of miles was the hardest bit. And I think it was because I hadn't warmed up properly. Okay. And then the first couple of miles, I was like, oh, this pace is quite hard. <laughs> and that was like probably my biggest, that was the only time I doubted it, I think, was like literally in the first couple of miles. But that's and so I just good that, compl- sorry, you ca- carry on. <laughs> I just had to kind of completely like, it was really like bring in the mental strategies yeah, and what I've learned with my sports psych and, you know, what we talk about don't think about how you're feeling. I just was like, let it go. Stop checking in. Like, do not do that and just run. Like, yeah. that's all I can do. You know, just I'm going to settle into it. I'm going to feel completely different in a few miles. So just forget about it. And just trust and actually, your training into it. because you know yeah. that that pace, it wasn't, you weren't setting out at a ridiculous pace for how you've trained. So just knowing if it felt a bit hard in miles one and two, like, that's okay. You know you can hold that pace, so just trusting that. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it did. It did feel quite hard at the start, but then yeah. got into it, and um, yeah, first half kind of flew by, and then it was the next seven mile chunk, which was basically I was on very strict instructions to not make any moves before mile twenty, and it became a bit hard at like mile 17 because a few of the other girls did make a move and I was feeling good Mm. so there was I was really battling with myself to not go with them but actually I was so glad I didn't because we ended up catching up with them and because they all went Mm -hmm. and a couple dropped off I basically had Ben just pacing me so I just stuck behind Ben and we carried on for another seven miles um and yeah, to be honest, I didn't really, that was normally the chunk where, you know, you start to have like a couple of dips and a couple of rough patches and come up the other side, but to be honest, I didn't. I felt great. That was awesome. (laughs) Did you, because you did start speeding up, were you speaking to Ben as that was happening? Because did you agree like, okay, let's start picking it up now? Because presumably he'd carry on at 5.30 pace if you hadn't said Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, and Alistair had actually spoken to him before and saying, got a couple of couple of ladies in your group, like, don't let them go before mile 20. Yeah. Um, they know the instructions. Um, but yeah, mile 20 then, I was like, I feel good. Like, can we pick it up a little bit? And just each kind of mile, I was like, I think I can do a bit more. I think I can do a bit more. And oh I just gosh. broke that last six into like three by two. I was like, I know I can do three by two. Like, this is just my session. Yeah. And I felt so prepared for that last 10K. Like, all of my training has been so geared towards that last 10K. So, honestly, I felt excited for it. Yeah. I was like, this is where I get to show everyone what I've been doing in training. And 
you know, I know I can tough it out in those last miles. So I was just excited to kind of see what I could do and see how, how much I could pick it up. I mean, you definitely showed us what what you could do. <laughs> and hopefully even given it went so well and you could pick it up so much, does it give you a bit of confidence for what's to come as well in future marathons? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like huge confidence. I honestly didn't, I mean, the last 2K were hard, but... That's because you're going so fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At the end of a marathon. I ran hard <laughs> in the last 2K. Um, but before that, I was, like, kind of trying to rein it back a bit because I was worried about, you know, I did have in my mind, like, oh, I've still got four, you know, you can still blow up with 4K to go. Yeah. So I didn't want to do that. But um, And I think once I kind of realised I was on for 223, I was, like, just, you know, it gets to a point where you're like, I could, I'm, I would be so happy with that time, and I don't want to risk too much at that stage. Yeah. Um, but I think retrospectively, like maybe I could have picked it up a bit earlier. Um, but I guess it's, it's easy to say that when it's done, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it's, it's also good just to lay the time down, and then there might be an opportunity to take that risk in another race, just to test what. What yeah. would happen if you did? But now exactly. it's like now you've laid that marker down without any risks. Then at least you've got that in place. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I definitely think it was like the easiest marathon I've done so far. <laughs> the easiest but fastest. <laughs> We've said it before. The yeah. best races feel yeah. the easiest. So you, yeah. yeah, you did it so well. Hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. And then you, because you finished really closely to some of the other Puma girls, so. Molly Seidel, who bronze medalist at Tokyo Olympics in the marathon, you were super close behind her. She had an awesome race as well. Um, Sarah Vaughan, another Puma athlete. Yeah. Uh, so you were all quite close together. Were you like planning to run together? Or I think Molly was a bit ahead beforehand and you may have closed in on her, but you were with Sarah for quite a little bit, weren't you? Yeah, so Sarah and I did actually plan to run together, and, and we did for the majority of the race. Um, Sarah's coached by Alistair, my coach as well. Okay. Um, she's obviously a US athlete, and she's based in Boulder, um, but has been coached by Alistair for not that long, I think under a year, mm. um, but for this training block. So we've actually had like, we've had all the same training, and we knew we were matching up very well together. Um, um, so it was actually so nice to go into that together and you know Sarah is such an experienced marathon runner um, so I think for me it was like a really nice security having her there because I was like I know she's going to be sensible like she's she knows what she can do um, and having another PM athlete there it, it did feel like we were kind of teammates rather than competitors there mm -hmm. which was really good um and yeah we just we we stuck in the pace group and then Sarah actually went was one of the a couple of the girls went off at like mile 17 and one, one of them was there and she picked stuff she put in kind of a big surge within and put in a decent gap in a, under a mile um so it was in front for quite a while and I think I caught her I only just caught her right at the end and it was as we were in the last mile um, 
there's a, a long straight and I caught her on that. And then you get to, which is horrible, a hill in the last 400 meters. No! <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's, not, it's not a big hill, but it basically it goes over a railway. Okay. And so it's quite kind of a, it's short and sharp, but when you're you don't need that. got 400 meters to go, it feels like a mountain. Yeah. So we, I caught her up just before that hill and then she kind of got on the back of me and we were, we were going in front of each other and then behind, we, we were working together at that stage and then at a hill, she like pushed on. <laughs> and I nearly, I was nearly like, I was so tired by this point. I was nearly like, oh, just, she could have it. And then I was like, no, <laughs> fight for every second. Yeah. And it was actually Amy, my other coach, had told me about this hill. And she was like, you are going to want to give up, but just push through it, like fight for everything. Mm-hmm. And that just came into my head at exactly the right time. And I like powered up the hill. And that was when I got in front of her and I just like, I mean, I felt like I sprinted for the finish. I was probably not sprinting, but I was literally just like going for it, arms going everywhere for yeah. the finish. And I just, yeah, got her by a few seconds. But um, it was really fun to share the race with her. And um, then, yeah, I, I, to be honest, I didn't see Molly until I saw her on the last stretch because it was kind of quite a long stretch at the end. Mm. And so I saw her in front of me. Um, but yeah, I mean, to finish so close to Molly, who also had an awesome race, was so cool. Um, I was so happy for her as well because, you know, she's had a rough ride and to see yeah. her, like, come back so strong was awesome. But yeah, to finish behind her was, like, just insane. Again, like, another massive pinch me moment. And we were all there at the finish line and, like, a big hug and got a photo together. And it was yeah, really so cool. many screenshots of that finish line moment as well that I've seen circulating. It's so nice. Where you're just yeah. all hugging. And then when Ben crosses the line as well and you give him a big hug. So good. Yeah, it was so, it was kind of such a special, like, emotional moment for all of us because we all had a great race as well. Like, we all got PBs. Yeah. So it was just like, yeah, everyone was so happy. Oh, so great. Um, and then you touched on mindset a little bit, and we've spoken about it in previous episodes with the whole don't think about how you're feeling. And then it was something you were discussing with your sports psychologist. So did you feel like you had good control of that throughout the whole race? Did you have any part of the race where you had any sort of thoughts creep in that you had to try and get rid of? Or were you pretty, you're pretty in a good place the whole time? To be honest, I did. I felt like I was in a great place the whole time. Apart from that, the first two miles was like the most challenging mentally. Just because I was like, oh, you know, I wasn't expect. I was expecting to feel good at the start. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was really the time when I had to be like, don't think about it, just let it go, let it go. And I feel like I'm, so the process that I go through with my sports psychologist it, in to, to get to the stage where I don't think about how I'm feeling is first of all, recognize that I'm, I'm doing that, mm-hmm. recognize that I'm thinking about it. And I'm quite good at that, but what I'm not good at is like releasing it like letting go of that thought. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's something I've really worked on and actually just how to like not check in with yourself, how to stop yourself doing that. So I practiced that a lot and I really had to engage that in the first few miles. Um, But 
other than that, to be honest, I felt like so mentally strong because I was enjoying it. Yeah. And I think that was the key throughout the whole thing. I was like smiling and I saw Charlie on the course so many times <laughs> and each time it gave me a big boost and then the crowds and everything. And I actually didn't even really have to force that. Yeah. You know, I didn't have to force myself to be like, right, okay, I need to get in a positive mindset, like smile, look at the crowd, whatever. Mm-hmm. It just came so naturally. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it really, that really kept me in like such a good place throughout the race. And I think, you know, when you're feeling good as well, that obviously helps. Um, I didn't, to be honest, have any like dark patches, I wouldn't say. Whereas yeah. in previous marathons, I definitely have. <laughs> Yeah, I think definitely it helps when you're feeling good. But I do think that the work that you've put in to kind of practice your mindset, that's going to have helped you feel good as well. Having the confidence that you were in control of it, that automatically physically makes you feel better. Yes, 100%. And you're right. Like having that, knowing that even if I do go through a rough patch, I know how to deal with it, Mm -hmm. I think is so powerful and can actually stop you getting to the rough patch definitely in the first place because you're not scared of it yeah like I wasn't scared of you know feeling like you know getting those negative thoughts because I know how to deal with it I know how to get myself out and I think as well like plan I always plan what I'm going to think about so when I've in those chunks that I mentioned earlier like I had a clear mental strategy for each of them Mm mm-hmm and so I knew I could come back to that if if negative thoughts started creeping in. I knew I could kind of come back to that strategy and I'd have something to focus on to get to get myself out of it. So just having that, like, structure, I think, is so helpful. Yeah. just be- You can't rely on your brain when you're running a marathon to, like, make that decision. No, you need to prep physically and mentally for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so another one that... Uh, would be interesting to know is what does your nutrition look like during the race so what do you take <laughs> on so this was the only thing that did not go smoothly in oh, the really? race. okay it was my nutrition um it was a total shambles to be honest because i missed four of my drinks <laughs> and how often um, are they? how many drinks are you meant to have i meant to have eight so you have them every 5k yeah and um, I I had my one at 5K and then I think I had, thankfully, I had a gel down my sports bra. Um, but I think I had five and 10K and then I missed 50, I missed three in a row. So I oh, missed wow. 15, 20 and 25. And then but How did you I, miss them? On purpose, or the you? The first one, no, the first one wasn't there, so someone had taken it, which does sometimes happen in um, in the races. Because, so the way that the elite drinks work is, you have they're all on tables in the mid in in the road, mm. and you go up to them, and you have an assigned table. So each one's got a number. So I was table four, and my bottle was in the same position in each one. Okay, but like they're quite close the bottles are quite close together and you know they don't they're bottles so they look fairly similar Mm -hmm. so someone took mine by accident 
um, and it wasn't there when I went to get it. The second time... Do you, next... How do you not panic in that case? Well, when I when I saw my bottle wasn't there for the first one, I had my gel down my sports bra, so I took that. Yeah. And it's only one station, so I was like, well, I've got something. Yeah. Um, I could have done with some water to wash the gel down, and they only had it in the cup, so that mm. was a bit of a pain. So I didn't have any water. Um, but then by when I missed the second one, which was, um, there was a bit of a, we had quite a big group at the time and one of the girls, um, accidentally kind of cut me up a bit going into it. And she apologized so much for it. It wasn't her fault. It just happened. Yeah. But I just couldn't get into my bottle. Mm. So I missed that one. And then I was a bit like, oh, this is not great. I've missed two in a row. And that was actually my caffeine stop as well. So it was like, that's what I was more worried about. I was like, oh, I don't have my caffeine stop, my caffeine drink. But I was just like, keep calm. You know, thankfully, it wasn't a hot day, Mm -hmm. which really helped. Yeah. Because you don't need so much fluid. Yeah. Um. So that really helped. And actually, she was really kind. And she was, she was like, I'm so sorry, like, share some of my drink. So I shared some of her drink. Okay, that's um, good. Which was not Morton. But <laughs> I was like, I didn't have too much. So I was like, oh, I, I, I don't, you know, I'm drinking. It was SIS, so it was fine. Yeah. But, you know, you're just like, oh, no, this is not what anyone would advise doing, like having a brand new drink on race day <laughs> during the marathon. <laughs> So I had a bit of hers, and then the next one, I went to my bottle, and I completely knocked it off the table. Oh, no. And I was just like, oh, God. And I said to Ben the pacer, I was like, I've just missed three drinks in a row. Like, do you have anything? And um, he gave me a bit of his, like, I think it was, like, electrolyte drink. Um, But I was like, if anyone sees a gel on the course, please get it for me. (laughs) Um, and I didn't have any more in my sports bra, so I just had to, like, trust that, you know, well, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. So I was like, okay, next drink stop, I am 100% getting my bottle. Mm-hmm. And I actually, like, grabbed it with both hands and, like, slowed down quite a bit to make sure I got that bottle. Yeah. Um, and then I was okay. And then I didn't take 40 because I was 2K to go. Yeah. Um, so... That was a bit of a shambles, and missing three in a row was a little bit worrying. But I didn't feel like I, to be honest, at no point did I feel like I was depleted. That's good. Um, so I think I think having the, the five and ten really k as well as it being a bit colder, like at least you were then you had something in you to kind of last the rest of it. Yeah, well. exactly. Yeah, I hadn't had nothing. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm so impressed that you stayed so calm as well, because I think that's something that you don't necessarily plan for is that not going smoothly as well. You just kind of assume, right, I'm going to have this at 5, 10, 15, etc. And so, yeah, it was good that you still stayed in control when it didn't quite go to plan. Um, yeah, <laughs> it does happen. Yeah. And then what in the lead up to the race, what did your taper week look like? How much do you cut down so my tape, from normal? My taper week was, um, I actually, so I flew out to America uh, 10 days before the race to get used to the time zone, but I spent a week in North Carolina, which is where 
the Puma Pro Team are based. So I spent a bit of time with them on camps before. And it's just a lovely place to train. It's warm, um, great trails, like great to be back with the team. And obviously my coaches are, are based out there too. So it was really nice to kind of see them in person and um, just get the last couple of little sessions in. But I cut down, I think I did, I finished my week on like 68 miles, including the marathon. Um, so, yeah, I think I did about like just over 40 miles mm-hmm. in the week. Um, I had one little workout on Tuesday for the race, and that was three by 400. Two mile tempo, three by four hundred. Um, so a really short workout, but just to kind of keep the legs turning over and get tempo was marathon pace, although I ran a bit quick, but supposedly <laughs> marathon pace. Um, just to kind of feel that pace and you know, just and then the four hundreds are a bit quicker to get get a bit of turnover in. And then just yeah, easy running the lead up to the race I did. Um on the when I we got into Chicago on the Friday and I did five miles um or maybe it was four yeah I did four miles from drills and strides on the Friday and then the Saturday was just three miles um really easy a bit of stretching um a few kind of drills but yeah really really easy big cut down in mileage feeling good yeah felt good on all the all the easy runs and out the whole taper actually and it was really nice thing I think in a different environment because I didn't actually have any of like the taper anxiety yeah um just being in a different place and kind of having that distraction was really good yeah a bit of excitement as well yeah like a holiday <laughs> yeah <laughs> holiday with a little little run at the end uh, yeah oh that's great and then okay so your performance you ran it's the official time, 2.23.21. That's what I have in my yeah. head. So the Olympic qualifying time is 2.26.50. So you're well under that by like three and a half minutes. Yeah. And massive PB, four minute PB. We already said fifth all-time Brit. So what does this performance mean now? What's next? Because you've got the Olympic qualifying time, does that mean you're going to the Olympics? Like what happens? It's not a slam dunk, so it's not an automatic ticket into the Olympics. Um, but it it is that race was in the Olympic qualifying window, which means that I am, you know, I can be considered for the Olympics. Um, it essentially depends on what other people run. At the moment, um, Charlie Perdue had an absolute storm in Berlin and ran two twenty two. So I'm like second in the rankings during this window at the moment. Yeah. Um, so. And they'll take three people. I think they take three people. Yeah. Um, if three people get the time yeah. and are selected, um, it basically puts me in like a good place, but it depends what other people run. Mm-hmm. Um, and that also determines what's next for me because, I might, I might have to do another marathon if I need to run a quicker time or I might, you know, 
Chicago might be enough. And if that's the case, then I would do, I'd obviously race. I bet I'd do like half marathons and 10Ks. Really yeah. exciting time for women's marathon running at the moment. It is such a high standard. So, yeah, you never know what's going to happen, but keep our fingers crossed because, yeah, it was such an incredible performance and you'd hope that is enough to secure your place. Can you imagine? We won't get ahead of it ourselves. It would be <laughs> insane. It would be insane. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like, you know, I did my best. I've done everything I can for now. Yeah. And I, I definitely feel like it gives me a seat at the table at least. So. Oh, definitely. Fingers crossed. I will keep you my fingers know, crossed. <laughs> Five miles easy on tour. Yeah, I'll be booking my flight ASAP. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and then after this incredible performance, what did you do to celebrate and... Or have you got any more plans and how you're going to spend the next couple of weeks where you're recovering from the marathon? So yesterday was, I mean, yesterday was just like total whirlwind of excitement and there's so much happening. Um, but a lot of kind of meeting up with people and um, I've got quite a few, the, the few people from Puma out here. Um, so we went for some drinks dinner went to a rooftop bar and then we actually ended up in this quite random karaoke bar with um molly and some of her team as well and it was just the most random place it was a tiny little bar and it was basically us and then a load of locals <laughs> um so that was i felt like that was very very authentic chicago experience um but good fun and, and you'd been up for day. so many hours as well. Have you got up at what, 4.30? Yeah. <laughs> I do not know how I was still going, but I think just all the adrenaline from the race um, yeah. and a lot of caffeine yeah. kept me going. Um, but yeah, today is a chilled day. Got a few more days in Chicago and then we're actually doing a little road trip down through Kentucky and to Nashville um, so got a bit of a holiday with some good hiking, hopefully some sunshine and yeah, some country music in Nashville. Yeah, that's gonna be so fun. I am jealous. <laughs> Can't wait for all the updates. It's gonna be so good. Um, I have one more question that obviously I am still in my marathon block and I mean, all the questions I've asked so far are things that are very useful for me as well to know the answer to. But one thing that I find so interesting is, was there a particular moment or session or series of sessions that led you to feel confident that you could hold like 224 pace? I know you sped up at the end, but you were on about 224 pace for most of the marathon. How did you, when was it that you knew you could do that? I did. There were a couple of big sessions that I did that were huge confidence boosts. Um, there was one that was, uh, it was like four by four miles. And um, I got, it was it was progressive. And I, I can't remember what I got down. It was like sub 520s I got down to in the last four miles. And then I had another one that was, had a couple of, couple more sessions towards the end of the block. Almost like an 18 mile progressive run. Mm -hmm. and it, it was broken up into six 
six and six again progressive um and got down to like five fifteens at the end and that was a really good boost because like well you know I've done that towards the end of my block it was just after big my legs were definitely tired I was like if I can crack that out at the end that's such a good that's such a good feeling yeah um and then we also did one that was like on off miles and the on miles ended up being I think we finished on like a 502 or something and again it was like it was being able to not necessarily just run a 502 mile but it was being able to do that at the end of the session Mm -hmm. and I think that it was to be honest it was my confidence in the last 10k that helped me so much um because you know I knew I I could run 530s for half marathon because I've done quicker than that. Yeah. But knowing that I could then like still crack out a good last 10K, mm-hmm. um, that gave me so much confidence. And I've, I feel like that's been the biggest change for me in training or in, in my kind of marathon it blocks this time was just that like level of confidence in the back end of the race um, and knowing I could hold it together. But, be honest a lot of it as well was like trusting in Alistair's plan and I definitely had so many moments where the pace feels so scary and that was a real that was another real kind of point where I had to employ all the mental strategies and lead up to it because there have been a lot of times when you know I've run 530s and it felt so hard in training yeah and it, you know those times weren't that long ago that I was like struggling to run 530s for a three mile tempo mm. and it's like oh god that pace is scary and I just had to let that go I was like it's just a number yeah like don't worry about it and I genuinely trust him. I'm like if Alistair thinks I can do it I can do it mm-hmm. like he's not going to put me in a position where I like I'm going to struggle I mean obviously you can have a bad day anything can happen and I might have struggled but I think his like level of confidence in me um was just what what gave me confidence in it yeah um and he said like you know at the end I think you could run like a low 33 10k at the end and that was I was like oh my god like I cannot believe that, but if you're saying it, I believe it. Do you know what your final 10K was? I don't know, but I think it must have been quite close to that because my last 5K was like 1640. <laughs> uh, so I think I must have been like low 33 for the last 10K, yeah. something like that. Maybe, yeah. No, not too far off your 10K PV. At the end of marathon. Well, that's a ridiculous thing. I think my half <laughs> PB is like 1630-something. So. Yeah. You, yeah, maybe you can, whilst you're getting back into training, you can revise a few of those shorter PBs when you're not well, focused you on the marathon. That, but honestly, I'm not sure I can go any quicker over 5K. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have two speeds off and marathon pace. <laughs> well, well, thank you so much for answering all of my questions, honestly, I, I mean, I know we talk every day and I've seen so much of what's gone into this, but 
I feel like it's just so motivating and inspiring that I went out on my run this morning and I was just like bouncing along, like feeling so motivated. And it made me so excited for my own marathon. Cause I was like, okay, like she's done it like this. And obviously I won't be going at the same pace as you, but like using what you've used in like the strategies you've used and I can apply that to my race. I was like, yes, I can do this. Just feeling so motivated. So yeah, I think your performance will have inspired a lot of people, which is so nice. How does that feel? That so many people are inspired yeah. by you. I mean, just crazy, but yeah, it's it's awesome. I hope I hope I can like help some others to PBs, and I'm excited for Frankfurt for you. That's what's next up. Um, yeah. It's going to be great, and yeah, it's you know it's doable. Absolutely. Next split. Yeah, you can, <laughs> next to split. You can feel great yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, so if you wanted to catch a bit more behind the scenes of what went on uh, at Chicago, we did upload a YouTube video. So yeah, check yeah. that out. Check it out. Check it out. And join us next week for our last episode in season one. I cannot believe we're there already. Um, no. But yeah, please. 